0: Hello and welcome back, friends and listening buddies to our weekly STEM meet. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. Today's the day to be inspired by someone who took a road less traveled. We're talking to the first Bahraini female aircraft engineer. I, for one, am curious to know how and when her engineering passion first took flight. There's that and so much more in this conversation, so enjoy it. Hey, and welcome to the Stemcast podcast. Very, very, very delighted to have you here with me today.
1: As I usually say, uh, thank you so much Latifa for having me. The pleasure is all mine and hope uh, that our podcast be like something people get benefit out of it and enjoy.
0: I have no doubt. I was just saying off the record, you know, I've heard you speak and, you know, a a lot of what you say, if not everything that you say is very, very meaningful and powerful. And I really wanted to have you on the podcast. So I'm, I'm I'm glad that we're making the time for it today. So if I were to take you back memory lane, Hind, uh, all the way back to when you were a child, let's start off there, okay? Do you recall any memory of when you were younger? What was, you know, young Hind like at the time? What What was she interested in? What was she not interested in? What do you remember from your childhood?
1: Uh, So Latifa, I always, I I mean, recently I started believing so deeply that whatever your childhood has been is what you are today in a different way. Unfortunately, a lot of people forget this and they get detached from their childhood. And then to me, this is what takes you to, uh, let's say, a routine kind of roots. Uh, But uh, my childhood was a lot of what I am today. Uh, The curious little kid uh, that have always the questions about everything that we didn't do anything except when she have uh, a valid justification to understand why she's, um, why she do she have to eat, why do she have to sleep, why do she have, you know, the basic things as a kid. Um, there is a big part of uh, being surrounded with uh, my cousins, they are all uh, boys, that um, affects affect me as, as, as a woman today, because I've been playing with my, with my cousins um, since I was a kid, there was no discrimination of being a girl or a, a, a boy uh, from my family. So I used to play their their, their, their games. I used to, you know, to sleep overs. Uh, as kids, uh, that built something in you uh, that there is no difference between you and, and uh, the other gender. Uh, surprisingly, that affects a big time even when you grow up. And when you start thinking of what you can and what you can't. Uh, because as a kid, uh, there was nothing that I felt that I can't do as my um, as my cousins do. So um, so so that plays a, a, a huge role. Uh, to be honest, uh, of course, the way that my parents also raised me to always, uh, you know, um, uh, push myself to be the best version of my of of myself. They 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 always told me that I can be better, and that's also built a huge part of who I am today. Uh, So yeah, that's maybe a, a kind of the childhood memory I have. You know, two things
0: really, really strike out at me. One is you mentioning that, you know, having a supportive family is very important. And what I like about what you said was, you didn't, like your parents didn't tell you, good job, Helen, well done. They said, you can always do better. So they're rewarding your efforts. And that, you know, there is acknowledgement for the effort, but you can always improve on that. So there's always that continuous improvement. Whereas sometimes, you know, when parents tell their kids, like when they overpraise them, you know, well done, great job, etc. I feel like sometimes, you know, kids don't want to prove themselves because they're already satisfied with where they are. That's one thing. The second thing that really stood out when you were talking was being raised around your cousins who were you know boys at the time and you know you being able to feel empowered like that sense of empowerment because you're with them and they can do things that you felt like you you know just by extension by being with them you can do things too and i wonder had had the situation been different you know it might turn out a little bit differently right like if you maybe if you grew up in a in a household that was all girls or you know that you didn't play with your cousins as much as you did it might have had you know a different impact uh, on you today so it's very interesting
1: it's it's very true and i will add something as i was the only girl uh, with my cousins they're all boys so they always let me be lead them you know because i'm the only girl so even that built something on me that a girl can lead boys, you know, can lead the other gender. Yeah. Uh, thinking about it now, it, it makes all sense that uh, who I am. To, I mean, I don't uh, when when someone says, uh, OK, some people have a problem of having a woman leading them to me because this is not what how I raised. It was like I don't understand, you know, because this was never a problem since I yeah. was a kid. So. <laughs> So even yeah. these little things maybe today make sense why do i don't see it the way uh, maybe a lot of a majority of the community here see it
0: yeah no that is very interesting and you you know so it just says like you have had experiences where you've been a leader when you were younger so for you it's normal for women to lead maybe in a society or or you know we're coming to this but really in a profession especially the one that you're in is not necessarily the case so if we were to segue to talk about that specifically so you are a senior airworthiness inspector at Bahrain civil aviation so i'm suspecting this is not an easy job for a woman to get into first and foremost tell us how did you how did you get there so from where you were as a child and you know your inquisitiveness your curiosity kicking in and all that stuff how did you land this particular job
1: yeah. Uh, so oh, first of all, uh, Latifa, uh, it was a very long journey to start with. That I would make it clear. So I, I'm not, I just not been to become an airworthiness inspector or senior airworthiness inspector. So first of all, I just want to make it clear. You always have to start from nothing. Start from zero. Start from having just a dream. Uh, it was, it was uh, 15 years journey where, uh, to, to where I am today. Uh, it started with that uh, little girl that was curious, uh, been very interested about the space. And also my parents had a big role of it that they were encouraging me to I feel that at that time, like none of the Gulf or Arab countries even mentioned, which is space. That, that's how it started. Uh, I used to go to the uh, in the summer uh, camps, and I always chose to um, to have something with uh, with the space. Uh, again, at that period, was a very minimum, and and uh, and I would not even say Bahrain. Uh, actually, Bahrain was ahead of other countries because they actually have these programs uh, at that time. Uh, again, I'm talking about 20 years back or more, so you can imagine uh, and. This curiosity lead me to what can I do or what can I study that might one day lead me to this field, as I knew by growing that this field is very far away from us in, in the Arab region. Uh, so it leads me to aviation. Uh, it was the closest to the space is the, the sky. And, uh, and, and uh, having what's the options for me as a female Again, at that time, because there was not much, or there wasn't any women at that time. When I'm talking about that time, I'm talking when I was in, you know, uh, middle school. So at that time, there, were, there was no women in aviation general. Uh, so when I shared this idea that I want to be in aviation, you know, people look at me. You're you're still young. You don't know. Um, you will grow up, and you would know why women can't be in this field. Um, Or maybe just the answer of you're a woman and that's it, you know, and for me, I was like, is this an answer (laughs) like it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, My parents wasn't really actually uh, supporting the idea, uh, frankly saying, but they were not against it because they thought uh, she will grow and she will change her mind and she would also know why she can't be in this field. But unfortunately to them, I grow up and I still had the same idea and the same goals and dreams of entering aviation. Part of it because I'm in love with the space, so it was the closest to it. And the second, because I just adore traveling. Like this is my lifetime hobby is traveling. So I just want to be something close to that uh, hobby, that, that joy, the joy of my life, the traveling the world and seeing different people and, and cultures and so on. So, um, I still remember uh, my interview uh, in high school and middle school uh, as I was one of the, uh, you know, A students in Bahrain. They always have these interviews in the magazines or in the newspapers. And I always say that I want to be in something in, uh, in, in aviation. And people will write it down in paper a newspaper, but they wouldn't believe it. You can see it from their eyes that they don't believe that this would happen. Uh, alhamdulillah I was uh, very lucky uh, we live in a country that believes in women and they want to give the opportunity to women who really deserve that opportunity and and here I want just to highlight this and put a, a, a red line under that that yes uh, in the kingdom of Bahrain they do give opportunity to women but not any woman that des- the women that deserve it they really want it not just wanting the title or wanting you know other things of actually achieving an accomplishment so uh, I got the opportunity to get a scholarship uh, to study an aircraft engineering uh, at that point I didn't know what is aircraft engineering I wanted to be a pilot but my uh, my my father was actually against it uh, there was no pilots at that time of females and he thought it's a very tough uh, job for a woman uh, so I got a scholarship without even uh, telling any of my parents or anyone I, I actually had another Three or I had another four scholarships, different scholarships uh, in Bahrain and out of Bahrain. I decided to drop them all without telling anyone, and I went for the aircraft engineering because the study in aircraft engineering usually started after the usual uh, um, semesters of the university. So I had to choose either to take the risk that I don't know if I will be accepted or not, or go uh, on with any other scholarship that I already got. So I took the risk. I dropped all the other four scholarships, and I was waiting. It was the toughest period of my time because if my parents know about what I've done, um, I might just stay at home, you know, as a punishment. Like because I took the decision, and and I, I just you know went with it, and. Alhamdulillah, again, I got the scholarship, and the journey of being an aircraft engineer started. Uh, I started as a student, I had to learn the basics as being a female, although I was always with my father, you know, he liked to fix things, the cars and so on, but still I'm, I'm in a different field than the guy, so I was a bit, I had to learn a lot of skills. Uh, that uh, naturally most of the boys have it uh, or my colleagues uh, and they were very supportive let me let me mention this uh, bahraini bahraini people here in the culture they are supportive in our age let's say uh, they supported me they helped me uh, they uh, uh, they believed in me. Uh, I, I considered them as brothers. You know, I always say I always been support, uh, surrounded by my brother. It was my cousins and then my colleagues as studying and then my colleagues when I was working. Um, we'll talk about the other part that uh, was against uh, a female being in this field. But uh, overall, it was a nice experience started as a student. Um, uh, I really as my parents always told me, you can do better. So I was always trying to do better. And alhamdulillah, also in that, I was the first from my batch to got my IASA license. It's an international license, an aircraft engineer. And because of that, uh, because a lot of people ask, how did you become an aircraft engineer too fast? compared to the others, because I was rewarded from my company and Temkin was sponsoring me, uh, having been the first to get my uh, B1 EASA license, the international license. And that's how I've become an engineer in a very short period Uh, I was only 23 years old when I signed my first aircraft, which considered to be very young because the international standards is you have to be 21 and above. And usually in Bahrain and and the region, people start signing their first aircraft as a full B-1 engineer, um, 25 and above. So I was quite young uh, for that. And uh, pushing it hard, always being better than myself. I not, didn't stop on that. I took the other license, which is a B2 license. So in, in, uh, in uh, aeronautic engineering, we have two license, either you be a mechanic or an avionics, and usually you have to choose between them. Uh, I chose to be a B1 with a mechanic, but I also chose to have the other la- license as a backup. Uh, and uh, we are a very rare in, in the aviation world to have both license, we are just 5% out of all the aircraft engineer in the world that have actually both license. Um, and, and that's how the story went. Uh, I, I, I worked as a as uh, B-1 line maintenance, which means I was working under the aircraft, in touch with the aircraft, in a very rapid, fast uh, uh, operation where we uh, receive the aircraft and make sure that the aircraft is, uh, is safe to fly again when we do the refueling, when we check the oil, when we check the wheels, when we replace them. Uh, and you know, our environment in Bahrain with all the heat, uh, dust, uh, uh, density in all time, um, you would, even today, if I think about it, I don't know how I've, I've done it, but I think passion and believing in myself was played a big role that I didn't even feel all of that, you know, um, let's say uh, difficulties. Today I don't know how I've done it, but at that time I was really enjoying it. I've done it for ten years. Uh, my work uh, been recognized, and I was headhunted by the Civil Aviation, uh, which is under the MTT, Ministry of Transportation and Com- Telecommunication, to uh, hold my current position. As a senior airworthiness inspector, so that's the story where I end up in my current position.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love how inspiring it is. There's so many amazing takeaways that our listeners are, you know, are. I'm sure, you know, is going to be really valuable for them. But I think something that is very striking for me, and when I'm just listening to your story, is that, you know, that that bravery, you know, that Act of you know being courageous and saying no to the other scholarship opportunities that you had, and you went all in on one that's you know wasn't even certain. You know it was very risky. If I were to dissect that particular uh, you know moment in your life. And bear in mind here that a lot of our listeners are youth. So they're either in college, you know, they're, they're just entering it or, you know, a few years into college or maybe early professionals. So some of them, you know, might be in your position, whereas, you know, they know exactly what they want to pursue and they go all in on that. But there are others who maybe are not sure what they want to do Uh, later on in life or you know what kind of degree they would even want to pursue what has been like the the deciding factor in in your decision making process like was it a gut feeling that made you feel like you know what like I'm gonna risk it all for this or was that you know part of your dream that this was this was the thing that you were after and it was this against everything else I'm just very curious to know about, you know, your decision-making process, because I do feel like that particular decision was a very pivotal one in your life, because had you made maybe a different decision, perhaps, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today. So can you walk us through that decision-making process specifically? Like, how did you, you know, at the the young age that you were, said, I'm going to go all in on this and... Risk and all, I'm going all in.
1: Yeah. Um, First of all, let me say it was not easy. Uh, It was really one of the most terrifying period of my life. Uh, A big part of it is, um, as you mentioned, some people really know what they want and some people don't, don't, doesn't know really or doesn't have a clear idea of what they want. And even the people that knows what they want they will have doubts, uh, doubt about if it, w- it would work or not, especially if, let's say, every everything around them says it's not the right decision. That's even worse. Um, but um, maybe what's really helped me, and that's what I also do now in my life, is not really sharing the idea with a lot of people. You have to share the idea with the people, with the, the right people that have the experience. That's a very important thing. Because at that point, if I shared my, my thoughts or what I've, I was about to do with anyone that has no background or doesn't really know what is an aircraft engineer or whatsoever, they will definitely say no. And that would affect me, especially in a younger age. But what I've done, I actually did my research and I asked about it uh, to the people in the field. So I went to the, uh, the academy that I've stu- studied, and I sit with the general manager there. I sit with the quality managers. I, you know, I met some people in, as engineers. I asked them about the the what what do they do in their uh, their daily jobs. Those people that give me the right answer for me to decide if I would be able to make it or not. Um, that's one. Second is. Um, Again, as much as my parents was against the idea, as much as they know when I put my my mind into something, I would make it happen. Um, And and that's something you have to know about yourself, uh, how much you can give in. Um, And and there is no no right or wrong in that. It's just about how much you know yourself. You need to know yourself, uh, your capabilities, and nobody can tell you that except you you know um, how much you can take, you know what is your limits and you know what is acceptable for you. Uh, So that's because a lot of people would stop me of going ahead with this uh, idea because they think that it is not good enough or it's not uh, safe enough or it's not a good environment for a female to be in. But myself, I know how, i mean I'm, i i knew what i can uh, take or not this is one the second maybe i wanted to share with younger people that still in high school or even in their first year in college as much as you try uh, in your school uh, years to understand yourself what you're good at what you're bad at what do you really love what do you enjoy what do you forget yourself while you're doing it will make it will give you a, a clearer idea of what you, you should uh, pursue in your uh, studying and university years and so on. It's not wrong that even if you decide on something and a couple of years later you'd, you find out this is not really suitable for you, it is the right time for you to change. Don't wait. Don't um, continue in something that you don't find yourself. But here it is a very risky also. It doesn't mean that things, when they went when they go tough, you mean you give up and you find another solution or another way my my uh, my really uh, message here is that you really find yourself and what you are doing that's the only way for you to succeed for you to be uh, to enjoy uh, what you're doing uh, so back to to your high, your school years or the first years of university you really have to be very conscious of what you're enjoying what you're good at uh, for me uh, latifa why did i choose for example aircraft engineering not any other field in aviation uh, one of the things as i mentioned i um, traveling is my 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 ultimate goal in life to travel the world so i will definitely choose something that made this happen which is aviation so in, in aviation there is a lot of fields and a lot of careers that you can take why did i choose engineering in specific I knew that I'm good at physics and math and even my other scholarship that I got, that was all in engineering. It was a mechanic engineering, it was uh, architecture, it was it was all in engineering. So it's just defining, you know, putting the pieces together until you reach to where uh, you really belong.
0: Nice, I love it. But of course, you know, and it's not always rosy, right? So you have had a lot of challenging uh, you know, experiences in your life, at work, as a female, as a professional. Can you walk us through maybe your biggest challenges and how were you able to overcome them?
1: Um, as you, uh, again, it's, uh, nobody will promise you uh, a garden of roses and uh, it will not always be bubbly and nice, but you always have to see the positive part of it. Definitely, there were people against me, not me as a person. And I just wanted here to, to highlight something. When people uh, be against you, it does not, uh, it, it has nothing to do with you as a person. It has to do with your choices. So, putting that in mind, uh, it helps a lot because, you know, as a female, especially, as a human being, in general, and as a female, especially, Emotions plays a big role in our decisions and our mood and then our motivation and our, you know, uh, even uh, even w- work. It affects everything. So I put in mind something that pursuing this career, people will be against the idea, they will not be against hand as a person. And that's very important. Um, because I, you have to understand that people come from different backgrounds. And everyone comes with a baggage. You know? uh, everyone have their own story in life. Uh, they might not be against you. Maybe they will be against the idea. Maybe they can be against you know, um, a lot of things and a lot of background people come from that, again, has nothing to do with you. Uh, I always try to focus was on the, on the good side of it. Um, as much as there were people does not like my existence in this field, there are another people that supported me, and I was just focusing on those people. Uh, that's one. Uh, challenges started, actually, Latifa, later on in my career path, uh, when there was... Um, uh, there come a point where they have to choose one person to occupy uh, one job or to, to have one position and so on. So as a female, um, there are a lot of people would say that, OK, they chose her because she's a female. That really was h- hurted me in a, in a way, because I really worked so hard to, to, be, to deserve what I got. You know, um, it, it affected me in a period. And then I was thinking and, and reached to a point where I was saying to myself that either being a female or not or a male, people will always find an excuse, some people. Will find an excuse for them not to succeed, and that's usually to blame the other people for things that they have no control over. Uh, challenges started actually when um, uh, in, in developing in my career, when I wanted to you know grow more. Uh, the idea of being an aircraft engineer as a female was you know I was one of the engineers, but then in the managerial positions, it's still tough. Uh, for, for my field at least, a man-dominated field, to accept that maybe a, a female to be in a leadership position where she can not only be part of the team, but to lead this team. So I think the, the difficulty starts uh, you know, in later stages more than the, 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 the difficulty I thought they was difficult at, uh, at early stages.
0: Yeah and I think that's important to highlight as well because again you know as a as a female in you know in the STEM field generally what's the situation looking like now on the ground like what's what was the situation like when you first started out did you have any female colleagues along with you and what's the situation like now from your point of view are we doing better in terms of encouraging more girls women To pursue STEM, but also to stay in STEM. Because what happens is, you know, you know, especially with the girls, before the age of eight, that's where they are most interested in STEM. And then as they continue to grow, unfortunately, many of them fall out of love with math and science for many different reasons, but some of them are cultural, some of them are, you know, just stereotypical, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm I'm really interested to see from your point of view, how, how are we faring in terms of women in STEM at the moment? And, and where would you like it to be in the future?
1: Um, thank you for mentioning that, Radhifa, to start with. When I started my aviation career, there was all, all pioneers in different fields and uh, women. Like we have one here, one there, uh, air traffic controller, and then uh, the pilots, females, very, very minimum. Uh, nowadays, I'm very happy that we have w- way more numbers than what we used to have like 10 years ago. So I would say that this is an achievement. Uh, I would really thank Supreme Council of Women uh, to give the chances for uh, for different females to be in fields that they would not be welcomed if they didn't have the support. This is something also to mention uh, because um, I'm sure that mo- there might be women before our uh, our generation that they wanted to try a different field, but they didn't have the support. And that's something important to um, to mention in a higher, you know, uh, let's say authority or management uh, uh, scale. Uh, nowadays, we are doing better, uh, but you mentioned something very important that there are many women that um, entered uh, different fields, uh, which is mostly man-dominated field, but they don't continue. Or they will end up uh, having, you know, uh, not a field job. They will end up having um, a disk jo- job where, where they don't continue. Uh, w- with And there is nothing wrong with the disk job. Don't, l- don't let anybody get me wrong. I don't want anyone to get me wrong because today, um, as an inspector, I have a part of my job It's a disk job. But my point is... Um, For different reasons, one of them is maybe thinking that they are helping the women. Uh, I would would mention something, another thing that maybe take me to another road uh, that since I started my aviation career, there were always an easy path. Uh, People offering it for me thinking that it's better for me as a woman. For example, when I started doing my training, as an aircraft engineer, you do a shift of 12 hours. So my higher management um, offered me to do only day shift because I'm a woman. And uh, for us as, as an aircraft engineer, where the experience and the training mostly happen is in the night shift, where the aircraft is actually on the ground and you put your hand on it. And the day shift, it's more of operation, so you don't learn more. So I went to the manage, uh, my manager and I asked him, would I learn as much as I learn when I do the night shift? So he told me, of course not, because you don't have that opportunity and that much of time. So I said, no, thank you. I really appreciate uh, your concern, but I'm going to do both shifts a morning and a day. Little decisions that you make, uh, that you know what is better for your career makes a difference. Not only that, even if you, uh, once I got my license, Latifa, a lot of people said, that, okay, then she's done. She proved that she can be an aircraft engineer. Now she's going to go and find a, a desk job in the office um, because that's better for her as a female. But for me, I knew that without the experience of being an engineer, in future, it will not open for me doors. Like today, my position needs at least of experience of eight years of being in the field. So if I did that, uh, giving up, or, or, or you know just achieving my license and then going back to the disk office. It would not open the doors that I have today. Uh, I stayed in the line maintenance and every year you will be so, you'll, you'll be shocked. Every year they say, uh, this is her last year in the line maintenance next year she will definitely go to an office and this year and next year it end up being 10 years of me being in the line maintenance uh, as an in-line engineer where i find out that okay now i would not say i learned everything but i learned enough to pursue higher positions not because i just wanted the easy road uh, road out so i think this is a very important um, message to every woman out there she is she have uh, she's ambition she have uh, hopes and dreams of uh, being in a higher positions and and uh, and leaving you know um, a trace not just being there is to actually learn to actually build yourself don't uh, even if people out of care and love give you the easy way out You have to stand for yourself and know what's better for you and your career. That's a very important thing.
0: This is honestly, Hind, a testament to your work ethic. And I'm really glad that you brought this up because... It's always easy to take, you know, the the path of least resistance, the, the easiest path. But when you are as self-aware as you are, when you have that ambition to dream bigger, to, you know, to aim higher, to climb higher, etc., nothing can stop you. And I think that's a really important message for women to be able to recognize that excuses are everywhere. But at the end of the day, what you're saying, or at least what I'm getting from what you're saying is, it's your responsibility to grow in your field. You made the decision, you know, and you were very proactive about it because you have a specific goal in mind. And I love and respect that mindset. I really, really do. And I think, you know, just from listening to your story now from, you know, when we started until today, I can, I, I, I know the forces that shaped your mindset to become to what it is today. But if we were to talk about, you know, another thing that you're very big on, and I I do want to highlight this point because you don't see it often, which is that you are in a, you know, in, in a senior position doing a very, you know, demanding job and a job that, you know, you don't necessarily hear women do. That's one. Two. Is you also have a very active social media presence, which is again not usually the case, especially in STEM. You don't usually see a lot of women showing, uh, you know, the kind of like the work that they do, being able, you know, you show you're traveling because it's something that you love doing, as you said. I wanna I wanna ask this question in two ways. One is, what are the you know the opportunities, I guess, in how you are approaching your uh, social media. And and I say this because I understand you have a mind of an engineer. And so you're very strategic and, you know, methodical about how you approach this. So maybe what are the opportunities of how you're using your social media platform to keep pushing your message? And then on the flip side, what, like, have you experienced any negative things because you are constantly putting yourself out there? And if you did, how do you deal with, you know, the haters or the people that try to bring you down?
1: Okay, thank you for uh, putting the both sides of the story. It's not it's not uh, nice and easy uh, to be out there generally for any, any, um, any person. Uh, first of all, why I'm in social media, and then how did it went and it grow, and how I'm managing that. Uh, why I'm in social media, it, it was not planned, to be honest. It was not part of uh, what I had in mind. Uh, but um, I started, um, actually, uh, how this social media started, when I used to do the shift of 12 hours, um, I uh, I had my Snapchat open. And I was sharing me, there was no much of a woman's doing a shift working shift at that time, except uh, uh, females and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the medicine, you know, doctors and nurses and so on. So it started to have this small group that we are all doing shifts, uh, chatting with each other. We don't know, I mean, those, those females, I never, I, I never met them, uh, but we were encouraging each other. We were encouraging each other on, on how we're going, getting our favorite coffee, you know, uh, rewarding ourselves, um, uh, taking picture of the sunrise, which we don't much see. Av- all of us, you know, in different fields. Some of them from the hospital windows, some of, for, for myself from the uh, the airport. So uh, this this group started to grow. Um, I, at that, uh, I started social media maybe 12 or 13 years back. So we didn't—I didn't know personally much about what social media is. I didn't have a target. Uh, um, I didn't even have, to be honest, um, a plan or um, a content creation. Now I consider myself as a content creator, but at that time I was just, uh, you know, posting uh, things that I'm interested in. The the, the the nice thing about social media that it brings the like minds together. So, um, and for me to be in that field, to work really hard as a female, there was not much of people understand and get that Latifa. I mean, there are a lot of people saying, why are you doing this? You don't need this. Why are you doing this to yourself? They think that I am torturing myself. You know, it's not something a woman have to do. But on the other hand, because of social media, I met a lot of women's like minds where we were supporting, encouraging each other, pushing each other. And that was really nice. Uh, so, this is how it started. And then, um, what made it got me engaged to social media and maybe sharing more of my feminine uh, side of my love to fashion and makeup and so on, because I'm a female at the end of the day, is when I, uh, when when other females started to get in touch with me in a man-dominated field, when ac- other women started to actually uh, uh, get into being an aircraft an, uh, as an aircraft engineer as a training, I find a lot of female that they will give up their feminine part, uh, thinking that this is how they will be accepted in the field uh, that will make it easier. And that was, I mean, my my heart's broken uh, because it does isn't supposed to be this way. You are a female, uh, you, you have to embarrass that and the, the the nice thing about it and being in a in, in a field that not really have women is to bring that part of it because your mindset and everything you do is different than a male. And that's how the work will just be perfect. You get my point? You don't have to think, act, or be uh, kind of a, 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 a male to, to to blend or to be accepted. So the later on with with the, with you know with years with my progress and my career with different uh, let's say uh, ideas that uh, or things that was bothering me uh, i turned it to be messages and my social uh, uh, media platforms where i was mostly talking to females and women's and girls uh, on how to have a balanced life uh, that being a hard-working woman, uh, continue study. I was always studying. I'm doing my master's now, Latifa. So it does not stop you from enjoying life. It does not stop you from being a female and so on. So uh, so the messages in my platforms just uh, developed with, uh, with, with, with incidents that I have, with people that I meet, um, with things that in my own let's say, uh, experience and thought I find it not right or at least let me share my point of view of it. Maybe someone would you know uh, think about it. that's that's how it started. and then it developed. Alhamdulillah today, I, I have more than 100 K followers on Instagram. I started my YouTube channel. The reason it's still the same as I started is to encourage women uh, see things from different perspective and mostly not feeling alone. And that's why I started my social media, because I was feeling that I was alone uh, on the way I thought, the thing, the, the way I do things. So social media got me this you know, uh, uh, mindset that uh, we're alike. We supported each other. So uh, it is not only to send out messages, it's to support uh, women and girls out there that they uh, really want to achieve something in their lives, helping each other, encouraging each other. Uh, now, and nowadays, my platform is not only for for women. As I reach this uh, uh, in my career, I have this uh, career experience and life experience that I share for both male and females, especially that they are starting off their lives uh, to choose to choose the right because your choices is what determine your whole life.
0: Wow, I couldn't have said it any better myself. And honestly, that last sentence, truly uh, your choices, big or small, really will determine your life. And, you know, I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge you, Hind, for all that you do. Um, as a woman, as a, you know, as a beautiful person, as a beautiful soul, and for using social media the way that you do and putting yourself out there, I know it's not easy. Um, but uh, like you said, you you painted a beautiful picture about why you do what you do, and, and it's so important to be able to know your why and what drives you and what, what motivates you, and also what inspires you. Um, and really, on that note, uh, and I would I'd I'd like to to end there because I think our listeners are going to take away a ton of stuff. But if you could just plug in your social media handles for those that want to reach you uh, directly, how can they get in touch?
1: Uh, I'm most active on Instagram. So it's my name, hand and from there, you can find all my other channels.
0: Beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show, hand, And we wish you all the very best. And as we say, onwards and upwards.
1: Thank you so much, Latifa. I really enjoyed the time. I hope everyone listening enjoy it. And we'll see you soon.
0: We'll see you soon. That's all we've got for this episode. Thank you very much for listening in. If you loved today's episode or know someone who could use its inspiration, please be sure to share it with them on Instagram, social media, or any other platform you use and help us reach more people by sharing our chats with them. Likewise, I'd love to hear if there's anything that you'd like me to talk about specifically, or if you have specific guests that you'd like us to host on the show, please let us know on stem.cast on Instagram. Make it your mission to spread STEM vibes and enjoy an amazing day. We'll see you in the next one.